Goff up under center. Turns, gives. Jamal Williams lost the football and Dallas recovers. Are you kidding me? Recovered by Anthony Barr inside the one-yard line. From what looked like a go-ahead touchdown to a crushing turnover, Dallas has got it back. Detroit, it's no BS news hour with my main man, Charlie. What the fuck, Mark? I know they're pretty bad. It's not even Halloween, and the lions are out of it again. <laughs> I saw a guy that had a shirt with lions on it, using them the letters as acronyms. Losing is our name. Oh, they and they find so many ways to lose. I don't know why you all keep expecting something different. It's I, the same thing. It's the same thing every week, every year. because uh, it's still the NFL. Any team can win any day. Change the channel. I Man, we need uh, something here. Like that, you know, that's like Dan Miller. That's generational. Dan mm-hmm. Miller is like Hall of Fame worthy. He's great. Isn't he? Yeah, he's really, really good. And how long has he been doing it? 20 years? Yeah. What do you how many losing <laughs> games has this guy called? I know, in so many different ways. Probably too. more than anybody yeah. in a in a generation. And he still makes it interesting. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, so I'm up north, I'm driving back, I got him on XM radio, and just before that call, like, you know, Dan's a pro, but, you know, Dan Dan, Dan can screw up too, and he's he's like, and then the throw to Mitchell, the tight end, and he makes the move, he goes to the left, he's in touchdown! Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute! Is he in? Oh, he's down at the half-yard line! It was right? such a Lions way. Yeah, but he, he did his touchdown Detroit Lions line, and... And then he's a pro, and he's like, okay, it's, uh, you know, first and goal from the half-yard line, let's do this, the ball snap hand enough fumble oh no lions fans need an award because they are tried and true and no matter how much they lose they continue to show up and cheer and hope for the best and leave and go home disappointed what's the matter with these people i mean they all flew down to dallas <laughs> these people yeah i mean me i'm a lions fan do you fly to dallas no i'm not waste that big your hard-earned money no look i remember like this is how far back i must have been six it was Thanksgiving, and Grandpa, we had dinner, then the lions are on, and the women are cleaning the table, and he's, he says- the women are cleaning the yep, table. Yep. Like they're supposed to. And they start doing the dishes. <laughs> sexist is this story? <laughs> sexist is this shit? What are you talking about? This is my grandpa, this is 50 years ago. Let me finish the story of Grandpa. And it's not sexist, because here's what he taught me. So we're watching the lions, right? Yeah. It's halftime. And we get up and he goes, come on. And we go into the kitchen and he says, ladies, is there anything we can do to help? It's my mom and my aunts and my grandma. And they said, no, pa, we got it. And he goes, okay. And he turns around and he hits me on the shoulder. His elbow goes. <laughs> <laughs> you see that? That's generational stuff. Now, this had to be what? Like early 70s. And they hadn't won a title in 15 years. Yep. And here we are. My grandpa went to the grave. My father went to the grave. I'm going to go to the <laughs> fucking grave. And I'm paying for these losers. Pretty much. Someday. Someday it'll happen and this city will lose its mind. I might be 85. No, they won't. They'll be in shock. They won't even be able yeah. to do anything. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Look, man. Five turnovers. Yep. Five sacks. The record is now one in five. That's the worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're in last place in the NFL again. And Dan Campbell, the new coach, you know, mm-hmm. I'll bite your kneecaps off. Yeah, Mr. Tov- Mr. Grit. But what's this guy's record now? It's like well, three wins last year. One this year, one, one this tie. Year, 13 losses last year and five, five now. Mm-hmm. So that's 18 and one tie. I don't think the Lions want to win. I, oh, I just, I, I don't. I just, I really think that that has become their brand. I do because the, the the ownership doesn't do anything. You know, when they had Caldwell, they got rid of him. I mean, it's just they don't want to win. They just don't. They've never invested, which is why Barry Sanders left. He said, "I'm through mm-hmm. with this crap." So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is who they are. Caldwell went to the playoffs twice. He did. He, I liked him. He was good. You know, his last season they were nine and seven. Wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like, and, and this is true. It wasn't losing enough. And this is <laughs> the, the, the guy had a winning record here in playoff. You know, mm-hmm. appearances. Career. Yeah. So. This is true. You just you can't deny it. Like 
Yeah. When when you're like an African American head coach, you got a short, yep, mm-hmm. short reign on you, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't get loser after loser after three seasons, three seasons. I just did the math. Dan Campbell's winning percentage since he's been here now, season and almost a half, is nine and a half percent. <laughs> and yet and still. That's what I'm saying. They don't want to win, Charlie. The the ownership has never invested in, you know, and everybody got excited. It, it, it doesn't even matter. I mean, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, you know, speaking of Ford, so, you know, my, my guest who stayed a little longer than I'd like to, and, <laughs> you know, I had a don't they all pick up and drive to the airport and everything and i'm like <laughs> my kid had to go to school early so we like because we're going to get nailed in rush hour right when you go down southfield freeway yeah. and you get between 96 and 94 mm-hmm. that is a parking lot right yeah. oh Be- yeah because ford's Ford. headquarters mm-hmm. there right. and everything like you got to give yourself an hour it was five minutes it was no really? no traffic Nobody well, is going to work at Ford's World Headquarters mm-hmm. in Dearborn. That's, you know, and the Fords own mm-hmm. the Lions. This, to me, is worrisome. Yeah, it should be. Hmm. Maybe they'll sell the Lions. No. They'll never sell Maybe the they're going to move them to Tennessee. Like they did the... With the battery. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. I didn't think about that. Yeah, good, good point. You know what I mean? And then, then, then I drop my guest off. I yeah. hope she has a lovely flight and everything. And I get to the terminal, and it's called the Warren Kleeg Evans. <laughs> yeah, they changed terminal, name. named after the current mm-hmm. Wayne County executive. How the fuck is that possible? What that a current Wayne County executive has something named after? Yeah, how many airports are named after a living person? Right, especially yeah. when you get to a point, all the you know commissioners over there, and that's a graft pit. Yep. Like, oh, come on with Detroit. I know. And then you leave and then you get on Southfield and you go to Allen Park and you look at the practice facility for the Lions. <laughs> Should have gotten off and gone to the hill. Yeah, and then, you know, you, you get downtown here and you look up at Dan Gilbert's skyscraper and the cranes are moving and there's nothing on them but like a bar. And I'm like, they're going to put trapeze artists up here? Something to fucking look at? Gee, Charlie, this is all depressing now. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, you know, look, Dan Miller and Lomas Brown. Yeah. Dan Miller's the best thing on radio, in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? For play-by-play, yeah, I would say so. And Lomas Brown, the great, you know, Lomas Lions. Lomas is a nice guy. Love him. Yeah. Offensive He's a tackle, great guy. You know, really pro is. bowler. Mm-hmm. But, uh, pro bowler? Yeah, he was a pro I did bowler. not know that. You okay. didn't know that? Oh, pro, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's like borderline Hall of yeah. Fame, I would yeah. think. Yeah, no, he's he great. for Barry Sanders. But can somebody tell Lomas? Can you, you know Lomas? Mm-hmm. Tell Lomas <laughs> that it's pronounced Lions. Right? Not us. <laughs> not we. We, we, need to, we need to get this. Like, that's, like, a, that's his sense of family. It's not and, professional. And, 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 but he's I a know, lion. I know. He's all, once, once a lion, always a lion. Who signs his checks? I don't know. Who signs his checks? <laughs> the lions do. I guess we do because we pay and the lions yeah. don't pay us anything. Well, that's what he means. We, that's us, all of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Calling us We're losers. all losers. <laughs> we are. You know, all right. So, like, I'm driving. And I'm I'm going between you know sports radio and God some people are dopes on the sports radio and they know more about somebody's like tackling percentage mm-hmm. than they do about mm-hmm. anything going on in life that that's mm-hmm. important priorities you know what I mean mm-hmm. so then you, you 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 jump over to I do at least you know NPR try to get get some news <laughs> and you know and the breathless chicks and the breathless chicks <laughs> breathless <laughs> and and you know something's up right liberal npr breathless chicks or the washington post and now the new york times you're starting to see trial balloons from the biden administration because everybody's talking about haiti now mm-hmm. right yeah and there's huge protests in the street today they have a lot of problems there's an unelected um president there there's calls for i don't know if there's call i, I U.S. Troop, troops coming in. We're starting to hear there's a humanitarian crisis. It's an election mm-hmm. coming up, but we're not really hearing anything out of the White House. So this is concerning. This should be concerning. The Mexicans and the Americans are calling for some kind of 
uh, intervention force. Yeah. And the Mexicans, they're like, the gangs are in, in charge of the ports, right? In Haiti, like it's kind of a broken state. And the Mexicans, where the cartels are in charge of the border, are calling for intervention. This, <laughs> That's concerning. This should, I just oh. figure, look, I just figure we should talk a little bit about it, understand what's going on, and... Um, how it affects us. We're gonna we're gonna mm. we're gonna go to a word from our sponsors, but you know, before we do, I wanna let you know is coming on is Pulitzer Prize winning author, writer, uh Gary Pierre Pierre, friend of mine from the New York Times. He's the founder of the Haitian Times. There's anybody I know that knows what's going on in Haiti because Mitch Album wrote about Haiti and I'm not trusting his word on it. I'm trusting Gary's. So let's hear a word from our sponsors and then invite Gary Pierre Pierre of the Haitian Times. Do what everything is how the cheese fries to go. Ready, set, go, red, go. Detroit might not make it to the championship, but you can have a little bit of Detroit at your next championship party. American Coney Island, 12 dogs with all the fixing. Air mail special, right to your door. That includes Alaska and Hawaii. AmericanConeyIsland.com. The first, the best, and better than all the rest. And they can't fly either. And the lions just crash and burn. Vegas, they got a Coney store there too, yeah! Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. The top rated realtors in Michigan have said that our five-star certified pre-approval is a game changer to the home buying process. Hall Financial's focus on speed and client service allows you to take on the housing market and win. When you're ready to purchase your new home, you need to make Hall Financial your first call. The mortgage company realtors trust and buyers love. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us at callhallfirst.com. Hey, Gary. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Look at that, brother. We got commercials, man. Can you believe that? You've got a newspaper <laughs> and we've got like commercials, man. I made it. <laughs> And you know yes, what? Yes, you did. Yes, you and, did. And you not being at the New York Times looks so much healthier than I remember you 20 years ago, man. <laughs> greatest thing you ever did was leave that dump. <laughs> well, you followed uh, right after I did, didn't you? Yeah, man. You know, I mean, like you work your ass off. You know, you know what you're talking about. You don't get any respect. Then you find yourself doing circles and you went and did what's important to you, which is, you know. You're the, are you also the publisher? You're the founder and publisher of the Haitian Times, yeah? Yes, I am. So let's get, this is my friend Karen Dumas, by the way, the former basically shadow mayor of the city of Detroit. Karen? <laughs> Hi, Gary. Gary. How are you? Hi, Karen. Nice to meet Good, you. Good, you? Thank you. Here. All right, Gary, let's get to this. Um, listen, there, there's a, a group of nine, you know, like Haiti. There's a, uh, the, the national police are failed. The gangs control the ports, led by a former national cop, Jimmy Charazé, known as Barbecue. They've blockaded the, the fuel depots in Port-au-Prince. Hunger's uh, starting to become widespread. Hospitals are closed because they don't have the fuel. There's a cholera outbreak. Uh, big protests in the capital today. What is the situation in Haiti, Port-au-Prince specifically, as we speak? Well, the situation as we speak has been ongoing for four years now. And I, I want to take your viewers and listeners back to this because uh, so you get a, a better understanding of what's happening today. Uh, four years ago, 2008, during the World Cup, the IMF pressured the Asian government to stop subsidizing fuel. And overnight, the price of fuel went up about 50%. And that people took to the streets. There was major protest. There was a lockdown. Uh, the political parties, the um, uh, syndicates, and they, they just uh, protest such dra draconian measure. And this went on for, for a while until last year in 2021, July 7th, the president was assassinated. What that did is took the country into a lawlessness where there was no one in charge. Right now, you have a uh, interim prime minister. There's no president yet. Uh, there are elections, but those are not, haven't been, no one is even thinking about elections right now, to be quite honest. And so, meanwhile, the 
gangs became even much more powerful. They've controlled uh, the, the city, France, which is the capital and ma- most important city in the country. It has been basically isolated the gangs. Uh, it ha- they've taken the main arteries that take you from the north to the south. So Port-au-Prince is in the west, and so it has been isolated. Uh, nothing can be done. Nothing gets done without approval. And lately, they've been rather um, emboldened. And uh, school hasn't opened and this year. So we're entering November and no school. And protests every day are trying to force the uh, prime minister from power. And he has held on steadfastly because he has the support of the State Department who see him as an honest broker, as someone that can um, do a transition, but without any evidence that it's capable. And so essentially, uh, Charlie, this is sort of like the background uh, as to what you're saying today. So UN Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield read from a, a, a draft to the Security Council, a resolution that proposes this, quote, a limited carefully scoped non-UN mission led by a partner country with the deep necessary experience required for such an effort to be effective, unquote. Does that mean the United States is once again preparing to put military boots on the ground in Haiti? Yes, I mean, that's that's an easy uh, answer. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the... current government made a formal request to the U.S. and the U.N. for military uh, intervention. So this is, it's a matter of, 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 of when, not if. Um, the reason why you haven't seen any movement is because of the midterm election looming uh, in a couple of weeks now. Say that again, and brother. Then, Wait a minute. Say that again. Why? <laughs> there's a midterm elections looming, and uh, Biden doesn't want to risk any anything. And uh, military intervention would be highly, highly uh, popular, both in Haiti and among Haitian Americans. And so um, you haven't seen any movement. But right now, as we speak, I have friends who are former uh, and current cops in the NYPD and Miami-Dade Police Force who are in Haiti working and training the um, Haitian National Police Force. So you said... The Haitians don't want us. Haitian Americans don't believe it's a particularly good idea. How will we be perceived? And in that question, give us a little history, you know, maybe modern, maybe going back to Aristide, not all the way back to 1915, about what we've done there, what the UN's done there, and why people who are going hungry, battling cholera, don't have fuel, still don't want our help in there. Well, um, if you go back to Aristide, Aristide was elected in 1990, and it was the first democratically elected president in the history of Haiti. Yes, and he was not uh, the chosen one by the U.S., and um, he was overthrown about six months later after he sworn into office, and then the U.S. sent uh, President Clinton, Bill Clinton sent 20,000 to restore democracy. And that restoration of democracy led to Arkansas dumping its rice in Haiti, destroying the rice industry in the country. And so people still remember. Then Aristide came back to office. He was once again overthrown. And so by that point, people just lost their appetite for democracy. They realized it's a ruse. If they don't vote for the chosen U.S. candidate, then that person does not uh, last. And so what you've had in the last, uh, since then, very few people voting uh, for presidents. And so these governments have been weak because they don't have populist support. They have no mandate. They're just there doing the bidding of whoever is their patrons, maybe at the time, mostly the U.S., and the UN. And I think the reason why people are even much more reluctant this time about any military intervention is that the UN had a 
what you, you would call a disastrous uh, experiment and 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 building democracy in Haiti. It failed miserably. The cholera of which you speak, Charlie, was brought in by U.S. Uh, by UN troops, and the, the the UN mission did very little to stabilize the country. It allowed for some elections, obviously, yes, but it really didn't help build the institutions that needed to have a democratic society. And so the gangs basically laid low, waited. Once the UN left, then they started their operations more fiercely. And, and the so, U sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. The UN peacekeepers brought in cholera. Yes. And it killed many Scientifically people. Scientifically, 10,000 people died. And they've never acknowledged it or apologized for it. And the UN was there for a better part of a decade. Is that career? correct? Yes, indeed. They, they were. But they they found it uh, trying to uh, to say that, you know, it was not scientifically proven. It was them. But every uh, scientist who, who studied this just linked it directly back to uh, the missions that was from the yeah, but that's 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 why are we even arguing about where it started? The UN is there in a humanitarian effort and couldn't help squelch cholera. I mean, you what, what, no matter where it came from, they failed. And here we go again. Absolutely. And now what we have exactly. is the president was assassinated last year. There's the unelected interim prime minister Ariel Henry clinging to power, backed by the U.S., with no elections in sight, protest today. Is he seen, Henri, as an American stooge? And are we about ready to jump into another civil war? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yes to all the questions. He has The only support he has is of the State Department and uh, the White House. Uh, you know, people... Here's a problem, Charlie. Uh, the UN does not have credibility in Haiti, obviously, and the UN will be the first to admit it. I'm not. I'm not the one. It's just not anything radical. What I'm saying. This is really uh, accepted um, dogma. And so now, what the U.S. is trying to do is trying to get Canada and Bill. Mexico. You know, out of the question. Mexico. I think. Canada, yeah, that's out of the question. My God. It's not going to play any any leading on this. I think you most likely see Canada. There's a large Haitian community in Canada. May I, pa may Canada I pause? May I pause? We have a very many listeners in Canada, and I think they'll be very interested. And this Canadians are very good people. They have good soul. They, they want to help. And I would really advise you all, and Windsor, our good friends over there and everywhere else around the great country of Canada, <laughs> to listen to Gary Pierre Pierre, Pulitzer Prize winner. Founder of the Haitian Times, listen to what the man's telling you. Please, Gary, go ahead. Well, yeah, because Canada, as you say, uh, Charlie, is seen as an honest broker, as uh, someone, as a, as a country, as a government that can be fair. And you should notice they just sold the Haitian government uh, some armored vehicle to help the police fight off the gangs. And you notice that this, the, the American officials have been very quiet on any any um, operations, but I will re re restate my comment from earlier that it's a matter of when, because the reality is the uh, the country, the government has lost control. Again, think about imagine this: you know, Detroit, Windsor, uh, your children haven't gone to school in almost two months, and this is something that has been happening for quite a long time. Interrupted school year. There hasn't been uh, an un uninterrupted school year for decades because of problem. But, you know, there's a lot of people want to uh, help Haiti, they say, but they don't really don't want to go to the core, the root cause of the problem because the same people they're, they're dealing with are the people who are oppressing the, the, the population. And so these guys, they are a small cadre of family families who control the country. They own everything. You know, in, in the United States, we talk about the one percenter. In Haiti, it's a quarter percenter. Exactly. Because it's just so small. But they come, they're controlling. And so when the UN, whatever troops that comes in, it's going to be to their benefit. As Gary, it 
with- Gary, can you can you talk about what the root problem is? I mean, for those that, you know, because I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm hearing all these kind of moving pieces, but from your perspective, from a subject matter expert, what is the root? What is the root issue? The root cause of the problem in Haiti, well, there are two, but the first one is that you have an oligarch class that controls everything. It's a, it's, it's a black country, but it's highly segregated and highly uh, color it, it, it plays a role. And the majority of the folks who own all these things, these families that I'm talking about don't look like me. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are mostly uh, foreigners, many of them from the Middle East, from Lebanon, uh, from uh, So basically- From the suburbs. Haiti, sounds like Detroit. Well, that's dude. what I'm saying, it sounds like every place else. Sure does. South exactly. Africa, and, Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> South Africa is a best example. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a black country, but you have yep. a white minority rule in Haiti. And I didn't so know that. these people yes. Don't, yes. Wow. And so th- th- this is at the root cause. And a question that because they're white or whatever, but the question is they don't see any use of, of, of democratize the, 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 the country in any sense, politically or economically. Uh, they love monopoly and they will kill for their monopoly. They've threatened presidents who have tried to go after their monopoly. Aristide was one example of that. And th- the assassination of Moise, he was not a court, but a lot of it is that when they start talking about giving the majority of Haitian people a chance, that things don't end well for you. This is the problem. But then these people, they're well-educated. They went to U.S. schools, probably some of them the Ivy Leagues. And so when these diplomats come to Haiti, they uh-huh. take these people so they just get into this trap and they think that these people are the ones who are going to change Haiti. But no, these people are the very reasons why we keep having these over and over in Haiti. So be careful of the hipsters here in the United States leading you into another conflict. Uh, by the way, let's go to our highly technical um, <laughs> global GPS system for our viewers <laughs> Here we now go to this high tech. That's us. Here it is. Let's show everybody where Haiti is. There, smack dab in the Caribbean, probably 120 miles from Florida. Gary, a little bit uh, further than that, about 300 miles or so miles. Yes, Cuba is 90. It's about 100. Last time I checked, Key West was Florida. Gary, do not correct the host. (laughs) Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Gary, because it is that close to us and even Puerto Rico, do we see people leaving uh, by boat any way they can? Like when people leave Cuba, are people fleeing ha- Haiti? Absolutely. Just last week, uh, the 100 and something people, boat people were uh, washed in, in Puerto Rico. So people are just like escaping because there's, I mean, to be quite honest, no one that I knew uh, uh, is still in Haiti. Everyone has left. We're, whether the U.S., Canada, France, the Dominican Republic, or those who can't allow to escape because it's, 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 they've made the world so hard. So that sounds like uh, it's by design. Yes, absolutely. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this, Gary. Let me ask you this. Then why is it at the Mexican border when refugees, people claiming asylum, just people trying to come in, they're allowed entry. You're either waiting for a uh, immigration hearing or an asylum hearing, but we're putting Haitians and Haitians only on airplanes and sending them back to Haiti. Why is that? Well, it's uh, the color of our skin. It's that, you know, people just don't want us a better life. It's, it's ironic because most Haitians you know, would love to be if they could, but the reality is you can't. And so it, 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 it's very... Uh, is my statement cruelty. true, however? Is, is my statement I, true? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That absolutely. is unbelievable to me. Yeah, but that's, that's they, where we they are. Let a few in. They've let a few, the asylum, plea uh, is not going to go anywhere because according to the not fleeing political problem it's an economic problem but if you look at Haiti it's 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 a political problem that has created an economic problem basically let's but they jump, forget about the first one. 
Right. Let's jump back here real quick to Jimmy Sherazé, uh, known as Barbecue. He's the de facto, not the de facto, he is the leader of a consortium of gangs that control the north of the city. Is this correct? Uh, the, the, the fuel depots and whatnot. Um, he, barbecue, depends who you talk to. He says he got the nickname Barbecue because his mother sold fried chicken on the streets when he was a child. His enemies and detractors say it's because he's a butcher and he burns neighborhoods and villages and what have you but barbecue said the minute that Henri, the acting prime minister is gone if he was gone at eight o'clock that the fuel depot would be open at 805 so is this guy robin hood or is he a butcher he thinks of himself as a robin hood but i think he's a combination of both he's a butcher mm -hmm. because here's a problem with barbecue in fact a couple of weeks ago i was uh, with my cousin and she's a doctor uh, not a, and she was like, kind of, she told me that she was kind of intrigued by him because the message that he's, he's, he's telling people resonates because he's addressing some of the points that I was talking earlier. But like everything else, he's not clear. Most of the people who are in the leadership, whether you are the gang leader or political leader, not the people for, to, they're not the right messenger. And what, absolutely what he's talking about is actually resonating with people because so, that's the problem that we're talking about. And so he, let me give you a little background about barbecue, who he is. He was sent by the government, by the uh, uh, police force to carry out an operation. So there was a massacre ensued and they put the blame on him and he became, he left he fle fled the force and became a gang, gang leader. And so in many ways, he's fighting to clean this. He's trying to tell, they sent me to do this. I didn't voluntarily do this. This happened. And now they want to pin it on me. And so I'm going to go rogue. And this is a uh, barbecue story in a nutshell. Wow. So, you know, uh, some total here, Gary Pierre, Pierre, Pulitzer Prize winner, founder and publisher of the Haitian Times. In a nutshell, Gary, because the connection's getting a little bit hinky. We're damned if we do, and Haiti's damned if we don't? Well, yes, this is where we've gotten ourselves. But the, the thing is, the U.S. could have put some pressure on, on the police, because the police has been politicized more than the parliament, because these prime ministers and this president use the police as sort of like their personal shock troops, and not to... Uh, God, the country, the citizen of the country. So a lot of police officers, they sympathize with the gangs. In fact, they are informants wow. for the Wow. Well, okay, Gary, like uh, over the next couple months, um, you will be the eyes and ears for the No Bullshit News Hour Nation about Haiti because <laughs> there's no doubt in your mind that the United States is going to insert American troops into Haiti. Is this correct? Well, I don't know if it's going to be military, but it's going to be some kind of intervention. We don't know that yet because uh, there are too the many people against. So, yeah, definitely. And special force. It may be a SWAT team because I spoke with a, a, a source of mine in the NYPD who told me in three months they can pacify the gangs. But it's never about the gang. It's after the you do. As is the long... Can I just ask one thing before yeah. before we end, Gary? I mean, I, I understand it's political power, uh, but there's an economic advantage. What is 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 there is there underlying asset or is there something there that is also highly sought after? You mean what's the U.S. want? Yes, <laughs> thank you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a question that's always uh, people have asked, and I think uh, to be quite honest, no refugees to come here. Uh, but they've gone about it the wrong way. Uh, there's we there's natural resources, uh, gold, even oil, and Sugar. so. But mm -hmm. you know, well, that industry is no longer uh, viable. Uh, it was destroyed along with the other agricultural sector. Wow. I think 2010, Bloomberg News published a story after the earthquake that because of the uh, that. Oil, black liquid was seen in the northern Haiti. And that story was taken down. And we have never heard 
uh, people about uh, that again. Uh, hmm. Hillary Clinton's brother, uh, his firm, they got a mining contract in Haiti. So I don't know. I mean, these are the things that you know, heard through the grapevines, but this is not nothing that I've been able to to uh, confirm through my reporting. Uh, so the, the, it, it's a very good question, and I think one that a lot of Haitians are asking themselves, you know, what is it? And why couldn't the U.S. truly help Haiti? Because it could. I think the one group that would be able to help the Haiti is the diaspora, but the diaspora is just getting its, 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 its bearing about, you know, being an American. And so we're not ready to, to really insert the kind of, uh, some kind of, the kind of um, influence, force, uh, trying to, you know, uh, be a, a very forceful and and and, li- and a group that's listened to when it comes to Haiti. So we don't have it right now. But I think you know, I mean, in a, in, a, in a ten years or so, we will have a, a a group of young and professional Haitian Americans with the skills, with the savviness to get the U.S. to do the right thing. Because they would be by then third generation American, but they would have grown up reading the Haitian Times and listening to their parents talk about Haiti, and then they will be able to do something about it. Oh, they, they won't, Gary. They won't. They won't know a goddamn thing. There'll be other kids that went to Harvard and they got jobs in Washington and they just going with the status quo. And I mean, because Haiti itself was basically a slave plantation. It overthrew the French and the first nation to rule itself. And from then on, it's just been abused and manipulated. And and I'm not sure. Maybe you got to go home, bro. I mean, this is your home too, but (laughs) you got to go tell them what the fuck. I, I would love to if it was a level playing field because if I go there, I, I know I'm going to be losing money and everything else. It's not level here either, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Come to Detroit. Well, that's true. It's a lot less. That's true. Well, if but you get a development company, we can hook you up. Maybe build a skyscraper. We can give you some dollars. Or maybe well, we don't it. need a skyscraper. Yeah. It's a career. Right. We don't need hey, skyscraper. You can, you, can, you, can, you can bring refugees there and put them in the skyscraper. <laughs> We need the population here. <laughs> Put them in the rent center. All right. Well, anyway, Gary Pierre Pierre, Pulitzer Prize winner and the editor and founder of the Haitian Times. Thanks, brother, for being here. It's good to see you. Same here, Charlie. It's been a long time. We had to keep in touch. Yeah, I'll come see you, man. All right. All Take right, care. Thanks. Au revoir. Thanks, Gary. Au revoir. That a was mess. a powerful piece. Like that guy. There's a guy in the world that knows that I know. You know, you know the, the, the concept of this program is we could talk about a million things, but we need some connection, mm-hmm. somebody to trust. And like when I'm, when I'm driving in a car and I'm starting to hear stories, mm-hmm. something's going on, and that is not what they're telling. They're not telling us that we're going in or yep. we're sending SWAT or like, you know, there's a one quarter or 1% minority running that place yeah, or but- what the history is. But, you know, you got you got to look at that, Charlie, just like I said. I mean, like South Africa, it's the same thing. Like Detroit, it's the same thing. But we do not see we're sending our brothers and our cousins and our neighbor's children to do it. What's the plan? Yeah. And we're not talking about it yeah. till after an election. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's the key, too. In Windsor, keep your eye on that. You heard what Gary said. It might might be you all. And, and nobody's against humanitarian efforts but they never seem to accomplish like somalia that doesn't sound or, humanitarian to me uh, well that's a thing we don't know what's the plan like here yeah. let, me, let me say it again I mean, if, if it if it if let, the, let me say it again all right before you know people came late here's what the united states said to the u.n security council a resolution we drafted a limited carefully scoped non-un mission led by a partner country in the Security Council, which would be us, mm-hmm. with the deep necessary experience, that sounds like us, required for such an effort to be effective. At what? Right. That's the question. Right. Now, before we go on to how this plays out across mm-hmm. the world, let me just, Luke Nowacki wanted to do this. Yeah. Luke Nowacki said, forget my 
commercial spot. Give it to a small business. That's cool. Yep. That's good. And the small business is Clean Sneaker Care. They're now at the Oakland Mall. It's a footwear and lifestyle brand with a focus on sneakers and other lifestyle goods. This includes designer bags and ball caps. Uh, they offer care products and in-house des- uh, cleaning for clothing, collectible sneakers, etc. cetera. Uh, info at cleansneakercare.com. 313-969-4836. We wish them all the best. That was Clue, nice. we wish you all the best. Corrine, we wish you the best. That was nice of Luke. Yeah. Seriously, it yeah, was. Seriously, he's a, he's a deep dude. Now, China, they had their five-year you know, convention of the People's Party. And what did they do? <laughs> they put explicit language in their constitution about Taiwan calling for its repatri- uh, repatriation. Is that correct? Yeah. Repatriation. Yeah, bringing it back in the fold, yeah. Quote, the unification of the motherland. So, China's rattling sabers. We've got Joe Biden talking about <laughs> loosely, mm-hmm. you know, conferring with nobody that we will send troops. Nancy Pelosi's flying over there. Whoa. Yeah, this is a no-win situation for us in any shape or fashion. Here, go ahead. Point to where China is with with our new new map, our high-tech GPS. That's a custom. Look at that, Joey's always going going to. That's that's Kazakhstan, Joey. That's a custom uh, mop stick. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a high-tech laser pointer, otherwise known as a mop handle. (laughs) There you go, Joey. You're you're that. Yeah, that's Asia. (laughs) Yep. Uh, go ahead, Joey. Uh, go out there. Oh, yeah. And there's Taiwan. And here's where all the ports are. Now, the history of Taiwan is this. Chiang Kai-shek and the National Party were in bed with the United States during World War II. And we were also in bed with Mao and the, and the communists. They had a civil war. Chiang Kai-shek and the nationalists went to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So this they were is, exiled, right? Pushed out. They, well, just, they, left, they yeah. just ran, yeah. And so now we've had this thing since post-World War II come into a head and we don't know what we're doing and now we're having a midterm election Mm -hmm. as China's inserting this into its constitution this is what you vote about when you're voting for a member of Congress Congress, and nobody's asking anything about Taiwan or Haiti Mm -hmm. or the border or inflation what are we getting a losing lions game that's what people are talking about I'm just, yeah, but I'm saying you, you said earlier, Charlie, people will cite, you know, sports statistics and, and, and that before they know what's going on. So between that and as Mark said, we're being the, the whole focal point on this election is abortion and everything else is just on the back burner. And it's all abortion and things are going so badly and the Republicans are being so badly outspent. It's still neck and neck. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's you true. know, you, you're looking at like Michigan, like. Tudor Dixon with no no dollars. The Republican challenger to Whitmer. It's within five, four, maybe. Who knows? Right? Yeah, that, that's because of inflation. And to Karen's point, people will focus on anything that is affecting them. And nothing Immediately effect- affecting yeah, them. Yeah, nothing affects you more than going to the grocery store or filling up your tank. But yeah. that's, you know, I mean, it depends what poll you, you're you're sure. listening to. Okay, uh, inflation could be one. We're, we're also hearing uh, from the media that abortion's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. But the media is awful. The, the media the media is awful because what does Proposition Three actually really say? Right? What they'll they'll, they'll give you the they're arguing over what it means. They're saying mm-hmm. that's hysteria, that it isn't about sterilization or you know abortion on demand for a twelve year old or no parental notification. But they're not actually getting us clear answers. So what we did is. So far, half of the debate is in place. Uh, John Bursch, who's the former Solicitor General of the state of Michigan, that means he argued for the state in front of the Supreme Court. He's now in private practice. Uh, he's a pro-life person, great legal mind. On the right, wants to tell you mm-hmm. how if Prop 3 goes through, nothing can override it. And then on the left... Uh, Stephen Lydell of Dykema, who was 
the lawyer for Whitmer's transition team. He drafted Proposition 3. Hmm. He's saying what, what Bursch is saying is not true. I called him. I said, would you like to come on the program this Thursday and debate? He said he'd like to, but he has to call his clients, which is Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. and ACLU. And Karen, you've tried to get a hold of I them. Tried, never, yep, nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So they have appeared or given mm-hmm. quotes on other programs. Right. But I've never seen him together giving us the legal argument. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. Because I believe by the polls and, and talking to people that the majority of us believe that what we have right now, right, up to viability, parental notification mm-hmm. is what we'd, we'd like. Right. Which one, if, if we were to vote against Prop 3 and go back to the draconian 1931 only an abortion if a woman's going to die, which you can't even call abortion. Right. That's that's just a life-saving medical procedure. Which one would be able to get us back to the center? Is Proposition 3 actually this? Which one would I vote for Prop 3 or against it? I don't think we know, and it's just commercials. Yep, yeah. that's and what it is. Commercials on the extreme. It, on on the each extreme. side. Right. Yeah. So, how to, so I'm really hoping. When the fact th- is most abortions are done uh, with a drug before week four. Uh, 14 or week 10 Interesting. in that area. Like, I think it's like 85% are done there, but you hear a lot about but, nine what, months what, or what you a, hear a lot a, about rape a, and incest. Would a, plan, would a plan B also be considered? A, I'm just, that, you know, no, that's, I, a, that's. I mean, if you want to get into the technicality of it, does that a, constitute an abortion as well? It's a messy or could topic. It? Yeah, that's why I'd love to hear from both sides yeah. explain like these the, answers. The brains. Yeah. The brains. The people that wrote it and the people that are fighting it. Yeah, yeah the brains. You know, no more like... On one hand, on the other, and it's it's some dipshit out of um, what what is that? What is that school over there? Uh, Specs Howard. <laughs> well, yeah. it's gone, but yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, they're done. Yeah, deservedly so. Yeah, Jeez. I think it's Lawrence Tech now. Ate them up. Oh, oh, they side bought them up. Yeah, side note. Because I mean, you you can't be a reporter without learning a few. You, you know, you got to study constitutional you law. You shouldn't be a reporter, right? Yeah, yeah you point. can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> Get point. out there, put some makeup on, and look pretty. And you know, on the one hand, on the other hand, yeah. In, in a way, Karen, if you have a phone, you're a reporter, right? That's what I'm I mean, saying. Everybody, every, every, everybody, yeah. everybody is a reporter. Everyone has a voice. Yeah. So you shouldn't, but people do. So I'm really hoping because that's smart, and you know. This should have been on. This is, yeah. This is bigger than you know which party's going to have the state house. To me, you know, if it's you're talking about difference. local issue, statewide issue, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then this should have been a debate. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it wasn't, and nobody even tried to get one. And I'm trying to get one. Okay. Well, I hope well you hopefully do. his clients. You said half of it said, and so you need the the guy that wrote it needs to hear from his client. And I, I respect both of these gentlemen very much sure. in their minds. But, and but, it, but let me say this: let them talk. If their clients don't allow them to, that speaks volumes as well. Always. I mean, that would that would say a, a whole lot. You mean if I'm Planned Parenthood if they, and ACLU, if they can't, Steve can't get the the red green light, exactly. That, that, that it tells yeah, you a lot. Yes, it would. It, it would tell you a lot about the scumminess of politics. Just politics, and it would it, it would almost seem that it's being you know positioned or ill positioned, or that there's something that they're t- that they're hiding. People keep talking about transparency, yeah. but you have to be transparent in order to <laughs> to to support transparency. You can't do that if you aren't talking about something that you're supporting and putting a ton of money behind. See, Why wouldn't you? But but it, it, it that's where like. The anger in me comes up because it's maybe they're hiding something, maybe they're not. I, you're you're not informing me, and all I want to do is be informed. And if they want your vote, you have a right to be informed, and they have the obligation to inform you. Indeed, and we have a right to know what's going to happen in Haiti, mm-hmm. in China, in Ukraine, on the border. Yep. So we have local issues. We have. Na- Come on, to me, you got to do better than this. And again, nobody is really pinning, you know, the people that had the power during COVID to mm-hmm. yeah. any factual questions. That's true. You know, I had a reporter ask me the other day. They sent me a text and say, hey, if you had the opportunity to ask Governor Whitmer something. Wait, wait, wait that's so good. That, that's so good. That's some bozo in makeup. It's like, Karen, what should they I said, ask? They said, what question would you ask the governor? I said. Oh, that's easy. Why won't you come on Charlie's show? Oh, well, yeah. That, that, but we've asked her that, too. And I said, what does she feel like was her, a biggest, her, her biggest accomplishment in office? And what was her biggest failure? 
That's what I said. I, here's what I would that's say. I wasn't giving that them is, all stuff that anyway. That is so open for spinning it in <laughs> it whatever is. way know, she wants to that's, answer. I mean, first of all, it's a text message and I didn't know. Sure. But you I'm just saying, wanted to be gone with I just, I wanted to, you know, but that was the first thing off my head. But I, why I are you would, asking me? <laughs> I would pin it. I would pin it to nursing homes. But that's not for me to do for somebody else's stuff. That's the stuff that we talk about. Well, I mean, you know, the, 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 the kid, here's the deal. They're not going to ask. We shut down everything. Happen. Everything in the world is fucked up. Because of COVID, right? The money, everything else, the shortages, mm -hmm. the value of money. We did it from the UK to China to Detroit to take care of the old people. We knew it then. We knew it now. We know it going forward. Why did you co-mingle them? And she'll try to slip out of that, and that deserves a follow-up. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you count them? Right. And what are we going to do in the future for the next thing that comes along? That's too complicated. Mm, 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 That's too complicated. No, well, no. Go governing's complicated. Well, I'm, I'm, but I'm saying that this, this is the thing. People, you can't, people can't be you. Do, you. do you understand what I'm saying? I could take a question that you would ask and give it to Jesus. It's not going to resonate the same. You mean baby Jesus? <laughs> baby Jesus, <laughs> black Jesus, any baby. Jesus. I'm, but I'm saying that has to come from them. I didn't know what the circumstances were. And I'm not going to take something that you have publicly asked and, and demanded oh, an no. answer. For. Yeah, it's just not going to do that. No, well, you, we, you, you answered that question correctly. Just uh, yeah. Well, there's a, see, here's the <laughs> but thing. But there's to, real questions to be asked. To the snapper. Ask specifics. There you go. But that's for them to figure out. The, I know. You, you got people, people in jobs all the time call and ask how to do their job. I don't know. <laughs> uh, really? So, I'm going to call you next time. I, <laughs> I can't do your job. <laughs> yeah, you can. Anybody we, can. We got some good news. Uh, uh, a listener uh, of ours, a watcher, Monica, um, watched the program, saw the story about the two babies that burned in Flint mm -hmm. and the firefighters yeah. that didn't bother checking and the, the chief ruled that you lied, that you didn't check, you said you did, wants to know why they're still on the job. And it's good. And now MLive slash Flint Journal wrote a story about it. Great. Little movement. Everybody else should pick that up. Beautiful. Well, Charlie, see, you you are uh, pick, carving a path and parting the waters, if you will. I mean, everybody's picking up the trickle that uh, that you splash, but that helps. It's baby Jesus parts the waters. That's his job around here. <laughs> I wish you guys could see him. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we got a, we got a, uh, oh, the last thing is, uh, I was planning to go to the border before the election, but it's my sweet baby's 16th birthday. Oh, yeah. You got it. She's 16? Oh, wow. Going to be 16 and cannot do. Oh, so I'm going to have to go after, but ask your representative running for Congress what your position is on the border, on Haiti, on China, on the Ukraine in the open checkbook. What's the plan? They don't know. The budget. They don't know, Charlie. Spending money, printing money, this, you know, and we in Michigan will decide what we as a community are going to do in abortion. Just like the whole uh, student loan debt thing, mm -hmm. that's a carrot. They knew that was going to happen. I mean, it's just, but hey, Dow Joe Biden has tried to make good on his promise, so you guys can back off of me. They they, they know this stuff. Everything is strategic. None, none of this is haphazard, and none of it is random. And only the people behind the scenes write the answers to the questions that your elected officials answer. So that's who you need to ask, because they stand there and read. They know ahead of time. They don't know. So if you want to get into politics, learn how to, <laughs> learn how to write snappy Twitter feeds. <laughs> All right, we'll see you Thursday. <laughs>